This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results' Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. Hey, folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I'm Darren Ahern with REMAX Results. Happy, happy Saturday weekend, springtime. Weather's amazing. Uh, and I also have with me during this amazing time of the year for real estate, the one and only from Presidential Bank Mortgage. Terry Kernan. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. Great to be seen. Hey, today's the last day of skiing, man. I was like, I'm dressed up. I'm ready to go. All I got to do is put my ski boots on. I told our boys, wear your tuxedo, wear your fun stuff. We're going to go skiing today, 65 degrees. This is the last rock. All right. Well, have fun. Enjoy. <laughs> actually, I'm just you kidding. Look, you look great for a skier. <laughs> no, actually, we're not even do that. He was actually asking me, hey, Dad, when can we go up to Killington, go north where it's colder and there's still skiing to go? But I think we missed the boat on this one, so... Yeah, it, it turned fast in a friary, didn't it? Right yep, away. Yep. I well, mean, 10 days ago, we had six inches of snow up at our place. Well, that's that's crazy. Now we have, you know, daffodils and butterflies. and. <laughs> well, I was in Florida for 10 days, so that uh, I yep. missed the snow, which was okay yes, by me. Yes, you did miss it. I'm totally fine with that. And uh, I almost didn't think about coming back. It was just beautiful. We had an awesome vacation. Uh, Mary Susan and I went down and... Uh, really enjoyed ourselves. So Good stuff, good stuff. So thanks for listening, tuning in, Terry. We are going to give away today a $50 gift card to your favorite restaurant um, or a uh, choice of that nature, depending on where you're living and what you like and all that. $50 gift card, um, 301-694-9363. Whoever can call in, Terry, this is it. We want to hear a question from you guys. We get a lot of them, but we want you to get on air. You can't text it in or this or that to our producer, okay? We're not going to pay attention to it. Can't do it on Facebook Live. I see everybody on there now and all that. You got to call in, 301-694-9363, um, Terry, here's the question I got this week. What is going to undo the gridlock, Darren? We've, taught, we've, we've heard you guys mention about there's gridlock, like, you know, like sellers aren't putting them in the market because they can't find what they want and all that. So we're going to start running through the numbers, Terry, get your comments on that while somebody calls in and we want to hear your question. And then we're going to get into today's program. So 256 homes for sale on the market. We are having a hard time breaking 300. Wow. Still. Still. But, and we're in the heart of the spring market. Yeah, but that doesn't mean there's changes and things on the horizon, and we're going to talk about that. Resale, 149. We've been as low as under 199, mm -hmm. right? Or actually less. Yeah, it was in the... Uh, 70s, yeah, yeah. We were like 76 or whatever. Yeah. But so, anyways, most people look at that and say, wow, the inventory is so almost it's double. It's double. <laughs> no. We normally... <laughs> normally... People would ask, how many homes for sale normally in a normal market right now? There'd be about five or 600 or more. So, yes, and uh, all that. So, average days on the market, the median is six. The only reason why that number is staying low, Terry, is because there's still so much buyer demand, and the second something comes up that's a value that, that somebody wants and they've been looking forever, um, they're on it. So, that number is not going to shift, as we know, until that resale number gets way above. Probably about 250 is my prediction. New construction, 107. This is the number that's interesting. We've been watching, haven't we? Yes, it is. What's been the average we've seen for a really long time with brand new home build construction being advertised out there in the county? It's usually about 130 to 140. Yep, at least. Pretty much, right? And where are we at right now? 107. 107. What is up with that? What's going running on with the out new of lots? Yeah, we're either running out of dirt to move around in lots or the permit process taking longer or something's going on. Um, or builders know something we don't. I don't know. No, builders are um, 
you know, I've worked with a lot of builders. I was out at the builder show, and the general consensus is that, and and I'm seeing it. I mean, I'm seeing it with every builder that I work with that it's taking longer to build a house. Yep. And there are no the lots are, you know, there's not a lot of lot, lots out there, especially in Frederick County. You know, we have not been putting raw lots at the top of the funnel right for a very long time and there's not a lot of finished lots coming out of the bottom of the funnel no okay and that's going to be a problem going forward um in my opinion that's going to be a problem going forward uh you know a lot of it um is causing the reason that there aren't a whole lot of lots out there i mean there are projects coming out but not you know, I'm afraid for the next five years. Yeah, lots. yeah, it's going to be a little while. So coming soon, 81. Normally we're trying to get above 100, but 81 homes coming soon. This, uh, oh, this is the number that's interesting. Change. Pending under contracts, um, 937 total. Okay. But brand new under contract, brand new builds that are in that, like you said, up to a year pipeline, 508 brand new versus 429 resales. We have more brand new homes under contract pending than resales, and that's that bottleneck. That's that stuff that we're dealing with. I don't think I've ever seen more uh, Hmm. new homes. Than resale. Than resale. (sighs) Yeah, interesting. 14 days average on the market of the 429 resales. Past 30 days, this is the first time we've seen this in a long time. I was going way back. Uh, third In the last 30 days, sold 299. We've always been at like 400, 475. That pipeline, as we know, with time got taken away, like came diminishing over time because they're getting sold. They're out of the pipeline. They're no longer in that 45 stretch day average time to go from being a contract to settlement. So now we've gone under 300, and that is a direct reflection of the inventory in itself. So until we get that inventory above 400, 450, okay. we will not see that number of 30 days average sale amounts to go above 3, 350 at all. So that's how that ebb and flow works. Year to date solds 928. Um, the highest, oh, and this is another one that we've first time in about a year that we've seen change is the sold to list price ratio. It's always been about 99 and a half or higher, 101. Today, 98.6. People are going to say, well, what does that mean? Yes. So for the... For the listeners, yep. explain what that ratio is because that's a very, very important ratio. Yeah, that ratio means if we put a house on the market for four hundred thousand dollars and it gets four hundred and ten, four hundred twenty thousand, obviously it's a hundred and two percent or whatever. It's above that asking price. Mm-hmm. Whenever we see the average go below a hundred, that doesn't mean there's not homes that are getting above asking price. Correct. What it means are <laughs> the average across the whole market of what's under contract now is is under that 100%. By the way, this number excludes brand new builds because brand new builds you get like I, how many times do I have to tell everybody brand new construction I take out it's a, like a it's an animal of its own. You, it skews every it muddies the waters and skews everything else up. So, this is the resale market. This is what's the litmus test of ultimately of the temperature of the water if you will. Mm-hmm. And when we see it go below 99, that is a good indicator that buyers are pushing back. They're not paying full asking price as an average whole 
um, probably more so in the higher markets we're seeing, probably six fifty, seven hundred thousand above, is where this is causing the number to come down. Not so much the three and three hundred and fifty range. So if you're a buyer listening and you're like, "Ooh, we can offer less and get the house," uh, no, we're no, 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 no. no, no. we you may not be up against ten or twenty offers. But in the last week or two, I've gotten some under contract that there's only been like two offers. Mm -hmm. So that's another shift. So that's the whole thing we're keeping an eye on as far as that's concerned. So any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, those numbers are um, the I guess the encouraging is that the resales are up to one hundred and forty nine. You know, they're they're going up. They're not going down. But what we're seeing in the market is, you know, um, going from January to February, new home sales in February, which think about this, January to February. Mm-hmm. So we're going into the spring market technically. Yep. Instead of increasing home sales, resales, they actually dropped 7.2%. Yep. Largest drop, second largest drop on record. Wow. Going from January to February because you're going, you know, you, yeah. you should be trending upwards right so it's actually trending downwards that's the biggest drop we've seen in a year um and basically what we're taking a look at is what's causing it is we've got the affordability issue because rates have gone up and we also have the no inventory issue and i and what i'm starting to see is people getting out of the market darren you know um if every house if no other houses in the country were listed from today forward, every house would be sold within 1.7 months. Yeah. So yeah. there's 1.7 months of inventory in this country. That's unreal. And anything below 5% is, is a tight market. market. Yeah. It's a tight, tight market. Yeah. So so what we're seeing is that 1.7% or 1.7 inventory, uh, months of inventory is, is crazy. <laughs> so, um, you know... We're starting to see a shift, and, and you and I talked a little bit about it. We're starting to see a little bit of a pushback. Um, you know, rates went up on Wednesday as expected. Yep. Two o'clock, they raised it a quarter point. Um, I had predicted early on that they were going to raise it a half a point, but I kind of changed my thought once the war started um, because that's pretty much the main reason that they didn't go to a half, In in my opinion, is – that they couldn't do that. So that was already priced in our market. So the one thing that I've been getting questions is when they raised rates this week, when they raised rates or when they raised rates the other day, how does that affect us? And and what I've been telling people is we saw it coming as a mortgage industry. So we adjusted our rates about a month ago right, to handle the bump that we saw. Mm-hmm. Now, if they shocked everybody, if they shocked 98% of the people and raised them a half on Wednesday, then our rates would have gone up. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically what we saw was we saw that quarter percent bump. They will probably have the opportunity to raise it six more times over this. They'll probably raise it a quarter each month when they meet. Wow. Um, so think about that. That's going to raise the cost on your credit cards. That's going to raise the cost on any variable rate. Yeah. That car you loans, have. all of it. Uh, so that's the, you know, it's the cost of money is going from zero to basically now a quarter percent. And that's going to keep increasing 
the prime rate of lending. It's tapping the brakes, getting unfl- hopefully getting inflationary pressure under control and all that kind of stuff like that. But we have a lo- we've talked about that, a lot of the, the factors that are doing this. The thing that's really interesting, and thank God we got some good listeners. They were in the studio earlier before us. They said they listen all the time and all these great people. And um, so what, we, what we're saying is there's two factors going on. There's those buyers I'm, I'm getting that is the pushback. It's like, eh, we don't really want to pay that much. So the affordability factor, they're starting to factor in how much is this going to really cost. We're not such a rush to overbid and overprice and overdo everything like that. And I saw this with a house to, uh, this week that was almost $800,000 we got under contract. Instead of getting five or ten offers that we would have two and three months ago, we got mm-hmm. two offers. Okay. Thank God we had a bidding war. At least we still had that. My prediction is in the next month or two, no, we will not have that probably. Yeah, it was more like the game, the card game war, where you're yep. going against one other person now. Now, and that's rather it. Rather than 12 people. Yeah, and so what's happened is they're going back to the us's agents are going back to the buyers and saying, hey, listen, there's not 10 offers, there's only two. You got a really good chance at this. Like, you may not have to go as crazy as you're thinking, like you might have to on the last five deals you've already lost out on. That's that part of it. But the other segment is what you said. 25% of all buyers have hit the sidelines. They're just waiting. They're out of the game. They're, like, taking a break. They're tired of being beat out. They're starting to say, wait a minute, let's not get in such a hurry here. Maybe things are shifting a little more. Maybe it'll be more favorable for us to wait. 25%, Terry, is what you're seeing that you're working with as far as buyers sitting in the sidelines. Yeah, yeah about about one in four, maybe yep. one in five. They're, 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 you know, most people are saying, hey, I'm still there, but I'm just kind of like, you know, not uh, as excited. Yeah, I, I'm I'm running. You know, half speed or quarter speed. <clears throat> yeah. Not a lot of people are at a full sprint right now that I'm seeing because the uh, rise of interest rates. I think it's two things, Darren. And, and let, let me just explain this. And this is just me thinking, but but this is what I think is going to happen. Is two years ago, this past two years ago, this past uh, Wednesday, everything shut down due to COVID. Yep. Okay. Rates went down, went way down. Basically, what you had is the stock market. Let's talk about the stock market, Darren. <laughs> Two years ago, the stock market was just under 23000 It got as high as thirty-seven. It went over 37000 a month ago. Okay? It has corrected down, and it was as low as 33500 33500 the stock market. Then it went up, then it's back up to 34750 So what you had was you had a mini correction there. But think about all the money that people have made in the last two years in the stock market. What does that do psychologically? I got money to play, play with and spend. Yeah, I don't mind overpaying. Okay. I don't mind overpaying. Yep, yep. So what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling is with the stock market starting to correct itself, people are going, well, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to go crazy on offering $100,000 more on that house. Maybe I don't need that beach house. Maybe I, I better think about what's going on and see where this is going and see what's going to happen. And that's kind of the feel that I have that's going on right now is with the stock market correction, people, rates going up, stock market correcting, people are like, wow, um, you know, yes. this, this fantasy world of – you know, 20, 25% increase on my stocks, this is something that, you know, 
I may have to t take a deeper look at. So that's kind of what I'm feeling. That's kind of what I'm seeing. But think about it. Two years ago, the stock market was just under 23000 and a month ago, it was 37. Yeah, yeah. So we're definitely seeing the shifts and things like that. But here's the good part. Nothing to panic about. These are just little bumps, little speed bumps in the parking lot, if you will. There's nothing major. The good news is the market's still very, very healthy. And the numbers show it, and it's fine. Um, my only concern, someone had asked me also, oh, this is good. As we get into today's program, by the way, call in with your question. $50 gift card, Terry, 301-694-9363. Again, it's 301-694-9363. You need to give us a good question about real estate stuff. We'll hit it right here and say happy spring to you. All right, Terry, um, this is the thing I was talking about last week, and this is really important. Um, the so, Someone had asked, I have a good friend of mine that's an agent, and he called me literally this morning as I was finishing up some things. And he said, hey, there's a property. I'm getting ready to meet with these sellers, and um, it's up kind of where you live. And so I need to get a little input. Gave me all the details of the house. The house has never been listed for sale, so I couldn't go back on last data. But I looked at all the details of the home and made a ton of notes and everything. And I started really thinking about the different approaches and the different things and knowing a house is for sale next up by the mine. That is like at 750, and so, and it's not as big as this other home. It doesn't have the pool. It doesn't have this, the outbuilding, the barns, da, 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 whatever. So I started taking all these notes, and this is the key thing, Terry, that that I started last week. Remember, I was sharing about um, what are some of the methods, what are some of the things, and so, you know, in the approach of being able to bring good determined value price range to the market, especially right now when we have either a lack of data, a unique property, um, things like that. And how do you filter all that together to not get behind the eight ball? Because that's our greatest fear, and that's the thing that sellers don't understand. Sellers are thinking about three months ago, my neighbor sold for a million dollars. So mine, huh, market's going up still. Mine's worth 1.2. The problem is not so fast because, yes, it's like a ship. It takes a while to turn. But some of the stuff that we're dealing with today is not taking three months to shift it can take two weeks, three weeks, and this is what we're dealing with. So here's what I had come up with on um, that I'd love to do. This is the thing I was helping them with and kind of getting a gut feeling and saying, hey, look, you're probably in XYZ range. Here's what I am now. We're going to be telling sellers this more and more coming up, okay? Okay, I sit in the front of the roller coaster. Like, we're in a music park, Terry. You like roller okay. coaster rides? Yeah. Come on, man. I'm a roller coaster freak, too. Especially, like, Space Mountain. When I was little, we went to Space Mountain in the 70s. And I don't know if you remember, but they had, like, the little nose cone thing in the front. And they didn't have good seatbelts, I guess, back in the 70s and the harnesses. So um, my, my father lost me. I, like, slid down to the front of the bottom of it. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's the one in the dark. <laughs> yeah. So I love roller coaster rides. You never know where you're going to end up on them. So here's the deal. I'm in the front. This is the traditional one, right? You go up the hill. Uh, I like sometimes either sitting in the very front, I want to see what's going on, or I want to be in the back where my butt comes up off the seat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like everybody's going, and I'm in the back. So I look at the market like this, guys. I'm in the front of the roller coaster, and, and I, we feel the changes happening in real time because we're on the front. We get it first. But then the people in the back, they have no idea what's going on yet. Why? Because they're way in the back. The sellers are in the back seat. So when the market starts shifting – we feel it first, and then all of a sudden we're trying to tell them, like, no, 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 things are changing. They're like, nah, we're still going up. No, we're not. I'm in the front of the roller coaster. We are going down now. You don't know the coaster's going down till you feel it going down. 
You don't want to be a seller that feels it going down. It's too late in the game because we now you're in a position where now chasing the market down, which is never a good position to be in. So here's the thing I was doing on the one property I was telling everybody a little bit about a few weeks ago that I was at that's really unique, lack of data, a lot of variables in place. First thing we do, we look at the tax assessments. And normally, 15 to 25% margin of the tax assessment, fair market value is higher than that. This property... Not even close, not even in the ballpark, okay? Comparable sales is the most effective because we take that and we do what are known as adjustments with that. I've already done shows on that before. The other one is market trends. When did you buy it? How has the market performed since you've bought it based on in that area, in that zip code, in that type size house, what has been the trend of going up or down in percentage values? Sometimes that works if you've bought a house in the last, say, three years five years because that data is a lot more readily available. This house, they have, they've owned it since 1985. So a home that age back then you bought it, it's, it's way too strenuous to get the data to do what is known as a market trend number. So I didn't even go there. This is the one. And then of course, I've already talked before in the program, Zillow, Zillow put this place at 743 RPR, which is Realtor Property Resource we use, 788. Realtor.com had it at 696. HomeSnap says 650. Redfin says 74. Remax, we put it at 685. Long and Foster at this one. So we do all these methods of about seven or eight places of third-party online valuation site, things they put out there. And all of them are with, they are all over the map, over $150,000 differential. Yeah, that's a tough one. Oh, that's more tough. Most sellers, if I walked in and said, well, your home could be between $300,000 and $450,000, I hope you won't hire me. Right. Because you don't know what you're doing. Like, you're all over the map. So we don't look at those, okay? So what I did is this, a cost approach with this one. And I helped my buddy this morning thinking of a cost approach. First thing we do is we take the land value. How much is the land with no house on it? Is it on public water, public sewer? Is it well water? Is it a septic in place? Does it need all those things? You and I both know land is really complex. I'm helping, I'm selling a property now, land, getting an offer of cash coming up this week. I've already been told. And I'm, I'm helping a buyer now who's going to buy land in cash. They just called me two days ago. Land is a whole different animal. You really got to know what you're doing with land. And land is going up. Yeah, value it is. pretty darn quickly. It is. Yeah, because they're not making more of it. And so that's something that we saw not having a lot of movement in for many years, as Wayne Six had said, because of the amount of inventory. But now mm-hmm. it's becoming premium. So um, make sure somebody calls in with a question real quick. We got like five minutes, 301-694-9363. So, Terry, the big one is we take the land, we take the gross living area, which is your two levels. Everybody thinks it's my basement, too. No, it's not. Right. Maryland is very different in this, guys. Pay attention. It's your main level and your upper levels is what constitutes that. Now, somebody says, well, what if I, I just sold one Jefferson Chase. It's a four-up townhouse, like kind of like in Urbana, mm-hmm. right across from the high school. They have all those, we call them four-ups. Yep. That means there's four levels. You better like steps. A lot no of townhouses. Right, no basement. You walk in, there's a slab. A, you walk in, slab, or, drive in or a, a garage, slab. and that's all that's there. And then you got three more levels above you. All of that square footage is in that one number, whereas a split foyer or a colonial or a Cape Cod or anything with a basement, the basement square footage is cut out of that number. That's a separate number. It's a separate way to do what is known as a cost approach on that. So you've got gross living area at an average number. Basement square footage, you've got garages, pools, outbuildings, 
um, hardscape. I mean, you've got a ton of variety of things that we add into this. So this particular property, I had about nine things I had to basically cut out on its own thing and give it a range of value. We do ranges, not specifics. It's called a range of value, okay? One of the biggest one is like a garage or a pool barn or building, okay? Mm -hmm. On an average, now we look at, does it have heat? Is it insulated? Does it have electric? Does it have water? Um, What's the, like, does it have extra storage above it? Does it just have an open area or is there a second level to it? There's like 15 things I look at with this property, had a big barn area. And we look at all those kind of things to really whittle down what is a good range of values between 32 and $48 a square foot. Like where does that fall in line with some of that stuff versus to rebuild it as well? Because the rebuild cost on some of these pool buildings is starting to get up to $65 a square foot now. It's no longer 45 okay? Mm-hmm. So I looked at all these factors. There's like eight or nine factors that I pulled out to bring back together, and I was able to come up with a range between 925 and 950 on this property. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot of different elements within that. 925,000. Yeah, 925 to 950 is what I said. Hey, And that's much higher than everything. the highest... Zillow or oh yeah oh it was oh yeah definitely so it just shows those those aren't even those algorithms just aren't really accurate um, the only bad part is there was only two really good sold comparable comps one was nine nineteen one was nine twenty eight and I had to do some adjustments based off off of those which gave me a range but the cost approach that was on the that was on the cost approach method as well. So when I did both of those, like shooting two bullets, they were really close together on the target, if you will, which is really good because everything else and all the other methods are way out there. So this is the kind of thing, guys, as sellers, that a lot of agents, I'm going to be honest with you, just don't take the time and the knowledge and the skill to take an hour or two or more to really get comfortable to know what's what and how to make some of these adjustments. Here's the bottom line is, and Kenny has said this, McLean and appraisers and stuff like that, there's no hard, fast rule in concrete numbers to do some of this because these are like averages that make sense to the market. Uh, An appraisal is what we call a snapshot in time. It's like the sun going up or down, right? Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's right now, right here, this is what makes sense to the market based on all things considered, right? But fair market value is basically defined as willing selling, willing seller, willing buyer, what are they paying? And that doesn't always hold true as you and I both know with appraisals. We've already talked about the fact that we are seeing more appraisal issues than ever. You're working on a loan for me right now. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready to settle. Uh, the house is what six hundred and six seventy thousand dollars worth. It's it's uh, it's in six eighty five, and we had how much of an appraisal issue on a six eighty five, which isn't that big, but it's an issue. Came in at six eighty. Yep, so, five five thousand so, dollar difference. But they offered uh, was it forty thousand? It was listed at six. 40? Yeah, it was higher. We came much higher. It was 640. We came in 45,000 higher. It appraised 40,000 higher than the list. Right, which is phenomenal. It's good. The people weren't upset or nothing. Um, and uh, we were able to work through that whole scenario, and it's no big deal. Um, but the, the the thing is, it's it's just we're seeing more possibilities with some of the things within the market that we're not going to be real surprised if we see a little bit more with appraisal issues. And some of that, and here's what someone asked me. Seller, I had a seller ask me this. Darren, if you're seeing 60 or 70% or more of properties selling for higher than the list price, you know, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's 5, 6, 7, 10% higher. 
why aren't sellers, why aren't agents asking or like suggesting, well, normally the market, we would put it at 600, but because everything's selling for 7% more, just add 7% to it and call it a day. That's not the best strategy when things are shifting. Think Mm -hmm. about it. It's just not because you don't want to have a pushback of appraisals or less offers or less showings and have that threat because that threat is always there. It doesn't matter what market. Some people think it's never there. So we got about two more minutes or less. Terry, give me your thoughts on all that kind of stuff I explained. I know there's a lot of details, but hey, this is really important stuff to know. So a couple questions on that. What did you get the value on the land? Because you didn't mention, you mentioned you gave it a value, but what was that value? Sorry. It's in Adamstown. It's um, 2.90 acre lot. Okay. And the range was 175 to $200,000. Okay. So, well, it's okay. okay. So, that's that's about where it's at. Um, It could be a little higher, maybe. It was on the end of a road. There's no traffic. It's kind of like being a cul de sac. But there again, that's skewed. That's just, it's just, uh, there's no, there's no rule for it. Yeah. Because it's desirability of a buyer that dictates value. Yes. And then the other thing is you talked about using the uh, square footage and times in it by a number. What was that number that you used? Um, oh, this one, we got about 45 seconds. This one came out to be about $90 per square foot on the gross living area, which was 5,189 square foot home. Okay. So it came out to 90 90 means, like, the roof's been updated, HVAC's not that old, like, the components are, like, all that stuff's done. But if it's not, and it's been neglected, and there's a lack of, like, you know, then it's less. So, all right, folks, thanks for tuning in. Have an awesome weekend. Go to the home show today. Home shows today. Home Home shows shows today today and tomorrow. Go there. All right, guys, take care. Happy selling and buying. We'll see you soon. Hello. Sorry, I forgot to mention Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301 Six three nine nine two four four three zero one six three nine nine two four four, or you can always email me at t kernan at presidential dot com. And this is Darren Ahern from Remax Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at DarrenAhern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock.